You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast. Hello. Hello! I'm Hugh Fort. I'm Rachel Demers. And I'm Tom Canning, and welcome to episode 99 of the Real Reading Podcast. You can like us on Twitter at Real Reading Pod and search Real Reading Podcast Group to join us on Facebook. Um, like the count, I thought of a few things related to 99 red balloons, ice cream, and uh, problems, but we can't talk about that song because it's a bit rude. No. Have you ever heard of the British and Irish Lions 99 call? No. I bet you haven't. It's no. with rugby in the 1970s, and they were touring South Africa, which is a very violent place to go. And so every time it kicked off while they were playing, which was in every single match all the time, they would shout 99 and everyone would all pile in. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Um, I did have a couple of a couple of other things that didn't make the script. Um, I've got uh, 99, which was a song by Toto, but I only know one song by Toto. Well, Africa, um, obviously. The planes down, where they, is that the one where they squeeze Serengeti into the words of a song, even though nothing... Serengeti, yeah. There okay. we go. <laughs> um, even though nothing rhymes with Serengeti. Um, and also uh, a dreadful Bon Jovi song called 99 in the Shade. Oh, there we go. Did you just say that? Like the biggest fans said they had a bad song. Well, I mean, it's not one that I remember. So there we go. So, hey, you know, okay. that's, that's, that's not, anybody got any more 99s? Uh, uh, what about I got 99 problems and. Yeah, we've done this one. We've that, done this. We did this. I yeah. did. Oh, I missed that by, is, that, is that by Jay's Dead? Yeah, yeah. We, we skirted over that one for obviously. <laughs> Oh, God, you're so cool. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> um, we've got a view of some of the week's headlines, um, from licensing to a fantasy tube map and the age-old question of what we'd do in Reading if we won the lottery. Um, Hugh, you have recently won millions on the lottery, haven't you? Shh. Don't okay. tell everyone. That quiet. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to your friends now. I want to rock up into a to the council meetings when things go back to normal in uh, in my Lamborghini um, my, uh, Lamborghini that's as good as I don't know what types of Lamborghini that there are but if I have to go do that as well I'll no doubt crash it into something as well but uh, all I really know about Lamborghinis is they're the yellow ones yeah I can only remember the is it a Testarossa that was like the, the 90s one? Oh, no, that hang on. Oh, yeah. Ferrari, yeah. The red ones. Galano. Red Gallardo. ones. Gallardo. Gallardo. Don't know. Just shows that if I won the lottery, I definitely would not buy a Lamborghini. There we go. Stick with your trusty Peugeot. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, we stick are to what you know. We're also chatting to Katie and Andrew at Time Trap Escape Rooms. Um, they've just launched a new game called Professional... Mm-hmm, easy for me to say. 
<coughs> and now I'm going to cough. Uh, Professor Pooch's Adventure, which takes place around Reading Town Centre, and it'll hopefully encourage people to get out and about again. So that's that's very exciting. I'm, I'm excited. I think oh. we might go and do that. Um, report back. Don't know about you guys. Yeah, sounds good. I don't know actually, what, what that is. I've never done an escape room before. You're not? So. Oh. No. Team, team, we to, team day out when we're allowed. Team building. Yeah. We went to one of their Ooh. other escape rooms. Um, the one, I think it's them. I think it's the same people, isn't it? Tom by the walkabout. Yes, that's the one. Yeah. Yeah. We went to that and it was very good. And we went, unfortunately, we weren't quite clever enough to escape. We were, <laughs> we were I think... <laughs> We were, you know, we were locked in and then eventually managed to find our way out several days later. But it's another story for another day. <laughs> um, so that will be coming up in a little bit. Before then, um, we've got some feedback or some 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 mail. Um, last week, you will remember we were talking about uh, the change in the food waste, and uh, we were talking about the, the um, dustbins being the the uh, wheelie bins being replaced, and we were uh, just pondering on. Um, can they be recycled and what happens well um we've had a response on twitter from councillor ashley pierce a friend of the podcast um he said just listening to the pod uh, with food collection the roads in the trial will be announced uh, by the reading borough council policy committee um larger families can apply for a larger bin and the old bins will be reused slash recycled which is good news um, oh, i wonder good. what they get turned into I mean, I'm thinking like maybe street art or something like that. I'm not sure. That, um, that meeting has actually happened, Tom. Yes. So it, it has been decided. Yes. Uh, well, it, the tweet he sent me said uh, tonight, and yes. I couldn't work out uh, when July the 20th was, so I've just loosely skirted over that. So thanks for um, <laughs> thanks for highlighting that. Sorry, it made you look <laughs> stupid. Yes. Um, I also put out... Uh, last week's random question one thing from lockdown that you're going to keep um, our friend at Stir says losing my sense of taste um, <laughs> I, I, see I've, I've read that and I immediately presumed it was a fashion comment but um, I appreciate with the, with the lockdown and what's been going on it's slightly different um, Jordan who was part of the Reading Councillors group or is part of the Reading Councillors group says yoga done so much yoga great way to feel good for the mind and body um, Quaffable Reading says my mask. These are all on Twitter, by the way, so you can find any of these people on there uh, on Twitter. Um, uh, Niall Norbury tweeted uh, probably around ten pounds, which I think is something we can all. Uh... <laughs> Most of us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, sorry, I, I missed out Susanna as well at Susanna six five two three zero. Taking life a bit easier. It's okay to spend a Saturday at home doing nothing. I totally agree. Yeah. I'm on board with that. Indeed, indeed. If uh, if you do want to get in touch, here is Jeremy with all the different ways that you can get in touch with us. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Uh, thanks, Jeremy. Um <sighs> So I was trying to think about what we were going to talk about a little bit in this in this uh, part of it. I know um, it's not necessarily a uh, a new thing. Um, it's not necessarily uh, groundbreaking, but um, online courses and, and 
people online and it just coming out of lockdown I've, I've been thinking a lot about what i you know how things have changed and what i'd like to continue and it, it got me thinking about it so last night my wife and i started our nct course and that was on zoom uh, and we got put in different rooms Ooh, how was that it was um well having not done one before um I, I don't know. It was it was good fun. It was a it was a bit of a laugh, and I learned some things that I you know really wish I didn't know. But there we there we are. So, but it just and I, I get the feeling that an NCT course would be a lot better uh, in person and in a group. But it just got me thinking a little bit about what we could keep um, on. On, uh, on Hangouts and Zoom, and I don't know, do we keep our podcast? Do we keep doing this over Zoom? And I guess that depends largely down to internet connection um, more than anything and making sure we can all hear each other. But um, Hugh, I know you probably have a feeling or two about um, sports club AGMs and meetings and stuff like that. Yeah, we've been doing all our cricket stuff um, via Zoom. The pub we normally go to is now open, um, although there are too many people on our committee technically to meet the rules of um, more than six. So there's more than six, essentially you're supposed to stay in a group of six in the pub, I understand. Um, but we've been doing it by, by Zoom and that's actually fine because it goes much quicker that, because people don't feel they need to go to the bar all the time for a start yeah. and uh, you're already at home. So there's yeah. no there's no hanging about and it's actually much been much more efficient in terms of that. Um, I find that what we lose what we you lose a bit is the sort of 30 second conversation with um people in the office so you say shall i do this or someone asks you something about some specific thing you've worked on in the past and you say oh, yeah, you need to talk to this person or whatever and um you either have to sort of im that conversation which takes much longer or do it by video which also seems to take much longer as well so um this sort of face-to-face human interaction is is something that you miss a bit, but you know, it's generally it's fine. So, uh, and the the benefit is you don't have to drive home up through an hour of traffic in Reading at the end of every day. So, um, Rachel, obviously we spoke to, we spoke about um, uh, rock choir on 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 Zoom and and, yeah. that, and I and I presume rock choir is much better in person. Is, is there anything? Um, Anything you anything you would keep on Zoom? Um, yeah, no, you're right. Rock, although they've done a fantastic job with it before, but it is much better in person. Um, what would I keep on Zoom? Um, we have you know, sort of my closest bunch of friends, um, my school friends, really. Mm. We we would normally meet up because we're sort of a bit spread out around about the place now. We'd sort of try and meet up once a month, once every other month, something like that. But during lockdown, we've been having a weekly Zoom quiz stroke call, a bit of a social, a few drinks and, and everything, and it's been really, really nice. And I think that that sort of opens some more doors that actually we can Mm. be in contact not just on whatsapp um we can actually have proper conversations because i am a bit ordinarily a bit phone adverse to be honest i'm not i'm not somebody that sits on the phone chatting for hours and hours um i'd rather (laughs) see people in person or 
yeah, quick rather text do, or whatever. But I'd rather do anything than spend time talking on the phone. I just can't be doing with it at all. Yeah. <laughs> um. So we perhaps wouldn't keep that weekly because that's quite, quite a lot. But you know, it's just good to know that we've got that as an, an alternative if we are struggling to find a date where everyone can meet up. Yeah. It also eradicates the issue of babysitters. This which is, is true. A good thing because this it's always true. a struggle. You know, if we want to go out for dinner or for drinks, everyone's everyone's got to find a babysitter, or because they've got to stay home with the kids, or whatever. Yeah. So, yeah. So I, I'd like to think we'd keep some of that. All right. Well, um, I think it's time to talk about the news. So, uh, first thing I wanted to just talk about, Hugh, you know, you know a lot about licensing in Reading. Um, yeah. You, if you, oh, yes. if you, if we cut you open, you would bleed licensing. Um, <laughs> and a mixture it's his of... forte, if you will. Way. <laughs> he is a... I've certainly been to a lot of licensing meetings, and I have certainly read a lot of licensing agendas. If I but may say, ask me about particular one that I didn't cover. So no, that's all right. We don't. Need, I don't need you to know about it particularly. Um, if I may say though, you are a huge forte of licensing knowledge. Um, he just pinched that off of me. No, you yeah. inspired me. Yeah, you inspired he's, me. He's going oh to cut your bit out. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> I do one funny comment for the whole podcast, and you pinch it. Oh, I added to it. I added the huge bit. <laughs> Okay. Um, so uh, yes, it's just the news this week that uh, Reading bars, uh, a Reading bar, and some shops in a violence hotspot in—is it fair to say St Mary's Butts um, aren't going to lose their licences? It's Premier, which I believe is a news agent, Bar Iguana, uh, which is upstairs, favorite, and Favorite Chicken and Pizza. We're all facing the prospect of being shut down. They are now not going to uh, lose their licence. Um, but they will have to stop selling alcohol after twelve thirty, uh, according to the um, according to Tevi, who wrote this story. Uh, police are called for licensing to be revoked, but softened stance dramatically um, in, for a reduction of hours instead. Um, Hugh, how does that sort of fit with what you what you know about the license? Because they're, they're Reading have or, or Thames Valley Police have specific areas where they want licensed activities, don't they? Yeah, that's right. Um, so the this this is sort of to do with the, the sort of congregation of these three the like uh, the combination, if you like. Sorry, that these three um, shops. So you've got people drinking, um, buying drink from the newsagent, and then going into the fast late night fast food place. Um, as well, which has led to uh, incidents and trouble in the past, um, and so the police are saying, you know, one got the resource to deal constantly town, living other parts of town um, without police cover. Um, it was very similar to um, do you remember the uh, few years ago, Evers? The nightclub yes. just down from there, um, Hosey oh, yeah. Street. Um, that was shut down because police were having because there were there, there was violence there, and they were constantly having to trek out slightly out of the town centre 
to deal with mass disorder there and um, leaving just not enough police to deal with any other yeah. any other the sort of mass gatherings in Friar Street and stuff like that. So there's there's, there's always this kind of problem in in Reading with um, with the sort of police cover and if they all have to go to one place. Um, so with this, I guess reducing the um, the alcohol sales too much earlier um, would then subsequently reduce the chances of very sort of the, the sort of very late night violence. Yeah. Um, and if all these places then shut, essentially while people are still in the bar, other bars in town, you're not going to get as many people congregating in the area around these these three areas because they won't be open so i think that's the thinking behind it yeah i think shutting down three businesses um you know if that bar loses its alcohol license it's going to be it's not going to function as a bar um and the news agent um will very much be limited in what it could do i don't actually know if chicken and pizza sells alcohol or not um but it's a congregation it's a place to congregate isn't it yeah so like it's a place to go when you for something to eat before you go home that's yeah. the normal protocol on a night out isn't it um yeah and then but it would have a fairly devastating impact on those certainly those two businesses and another impact on the chicken place as well yeah. so um i should see from the story they took two hours to decide that's probably longer than they take on uh on matters licensing so obviously there's must i would guess there was a fairly heated discussion um amongst the committee but they do that in private so i don't know it doesn't normally take two hours for them to make a decision so there's quite a few bars and things around that area though that are late night like the turtle the brew dog i don't know how late pavlov's or whatever it's called now is open so you think that that was like fire street would obviously be a hot spot but that is where the majority of the other establishments are around St. Mary's Butts, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I think... Better to perhaps spread people out a little bit across those two areas rather than having yeah, everyone so... who's on a night out congregating in Friar Street, which would be carnage. It would be, yeah. But with licensing, it doesn't tend to be. Um simply the fact that there are people outside these places um and it, it is becoming violent it is usually also an issue with how those places are managed and uh okay. simon wheeler the, the police officer is actually quoted the saying there is an ongoing issue with the management who are failing to do the right things um right okay so it's like it's not like they just go right we're going to strip you of your license because there was a fight outside it's a, a combination of a lot of problems over quite a long period of time with these places and uh, and no solution to those um mm. problems as well i think the, the rev revocation of the license is the last resort for the police um they don't straight away want to shut down someone's livelihood and someone's business and make make it so people lose their jobs and things like that but if there is an ongoing issue and no one's no one's dealing with it then that's when they move to revoke the license and uh, that looks like what's happened that's what's happened here 
Thanks, Hugh. Um, yeah, so th this is just uh, the reaction to a story um, about a, a bar takeaway and a shop in a notorious violence hotspot um, having their opening hours reduced following a stabbing and several large fights over a period of time. Um, we move on to something sort of slightly slightly lighter-hearted. Have you um, the, the, the story about the uh, the excellent viral Reading Underground map? It's a it's a fantasy underground map. Have you guys had a chance to have a little look at it? I've been busy planning my route from yeah. Southcote down into uh down into my favorite uh, night spots for uh for a little uh, a little tipple of something special um i'm gonna basically have to make a bunch of changes um i think the thing that i'm very pleased about with it is that it doesn't all just go via the town center which is one of my frustrations with the bus route if i wanted to get to the medeski i've got to go into town and back out again i mean i could walk which is what i largely prefer to do but um yeah, very, very, very interesting. It's the uh, the map is now available in But Is It Art in Reading Town Centre. Um, I did have a quick look on their website, and I can't see it on there yet, but it may well be on their website by the time this podcast goes out. So have a look for that. Have you have you guys had a quick chance to have a look at it? I'm just looking at it now. Yes, it would be really quite cool, wouldn't it? Yes. And only imagine the roadworks because uh, and and the and the, and the <laughs> oh dear yeah <laughs> dig, dig. I, I, uh, by the way we've decided to have an underground system um, and all it's the, going all to take the, us thirty years the ancient but they not just it wouldn't be roadworks surely they just dig like a, a deep hole down and then like a mole they just kind of <laughs> go across <laughs> like the tunnels. No one would sure, notice it was happening until it was trench. open. Yeah, exactly. Just dig a, dig a big trench. Or the one that they're building from Canary Wharf to here. <laughs> they're not yeah. digging a huge trench all the way from East London to Reading, are they? <laughs> no, they're not. They a lot go of down, down and across like a mole. <laughs> <laughs> um. I, so I, I could, this is doable, guys. This is, I'm looking at it's doable. We could have an underground and, and a monorail. Oh. It's so future. There we go. There we go. That would be, uh, that would be absolutely ideal. Underground, overground. And then all we have to find out is how you, how you wumble free. And then... Uh, <laughs> But Tom, um, if you can get to Norcott Junction, Norcott Junction, that's you're at the um, at the brewery. double barrel. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you've only got to do one one change at Coley Park to do I know. that. I know, I know. This I is know. brilliant. And <laughs> um, Hugh would have loved it in the olden days because he could have got on the on the underground all the way up to Utopia. <laughs> so yeah, Lane, perfect. No you more waiting for the bus up, outside up, the exit for you, my friend. Straight up, up the stairs, straight to the front of the queue. Get turned away for not being old enough. Go back down, back down. Get back on the train and be home again. Back <laughs> on the train. No, need, no yeah. need to call your mum to pick you up from Calcutta. Um, I, sh I should just add, uh, this, this map was designed by a Birmingham uh -huh. University uh -huh. researcher and Reading FC oh. fan, Joe Priest. Um, he came up with the idea a few years ago from a friend. He said, I had some free time and some old ordnance survey maps of Reading. So this is proper. You know, this is done properly. One thing led to another, and I ended up producing the map and doing an MSc uh, computer science project based upon it. 
nonetheless, I've always considered how it might benefit Reading. Um, this is actually the final draft of a number of designs I went through, and it is the most realistic in what could reasonably be constructed. So um, I'd, I'd be very excited to get this going. I think, um, uh, I, I know we were talking about walking a lot, but this, I mean, this would almost certainly reduce the need to even drive anywhere. What with the buses and yeah. the and an underground, there'd be, you wouldn't need to drive anywhere. This is, this is it. This is the this is the thing. This is what's going to take us into the next, uh, in nicely segueing into the next item, which is what we would do. Is to, we're taking a little bit of a fantastical turn this week. Um, but this is what, what we would do if we won the lottery. And this was something Hugh put together. Um, Hugh, take us through it. What, uh, what, would you, what, was your, what was the number one thing that you would do if, so, uh, if, what, if, you had, if Reading won? It wasn't you, was it? It's if Reading won the lottery. If Reading, if Reading yeah. So just to put it into context, I, uh, this is a uh, this is not a, a realistic concept. Um, oh right, okay. <laughs> as as such, the it basically involves you've won the lottery and you've won a very large sum on the lottery, more than a hundred million pounds, and then you We're have the, Euro millions, not normal, Euro millions, not normal lottery. Yeah, yeah roll, many rollovers, and then. Not only that, you've invested that money incredibly well, and <laughs> basically you're absolutely stinking mega rich with a pretty much endless supply of money. Um, and this also doesn't allow, doesn't really take into con- too much consideration um, things like red tape, rules and regulations, and all <laughs> the things that might stop these fantastical ideas taking place. Um, and so... It's a kind of a fantasy. If we had endless money to spend on Reading, what would we do? Um, and came up with lots of things. Um, so, once again, our old friend, the monorail. <laughs> certainly think the monorail is a, is a great way of, again, reducing car travel uh, around Reading. I don't Reading. know if we need it now. We've got the underground, though. So you, you've got to wonder, do you need both? That's what you've got to be wondering. Mm. Well, why not one or t'other? I mean, if you've got um, the money, just both is fine. Yeah, yep. true, yeah. You know, it would create hundreds of jobs, wouldn't it? Monorail driver. Um, so there was that. There was, what else would we do? We would, um, uh, we'd be incredibly benevolent. So all the money would, you know, there'd be, after we'd built statue, gold, stat, gold-plated statues of ourselves and scattered them around the um, <laughs> around the town and <laughs> bought, bought ourselves a very large, very large house in the, in the Warren with indoor swimming pool, etc., etc. The remaining money, yes, would be spent entirely on Reading. So we would we would certainly redesign the entire road network. And because we were so benevolent and everybody loved us for spending so much money on the town, the condition would be you're not allowed to moan about twenty five years of constant road work. <laughs> um, so there, there's that. There's that we'd give everyone a uh, a nice subsidised season ticket for not everyone because not everyone wants to go and watch reading but um uh if you were a reading fc fan you, any any reading reading fc fan who could prove they've gone to middlesbrough on a tuesday night would get an enormous discount off their season ticket for their <laughs> undeniable <laughs> undeniable Dedication. loyalty to, to the cause because that is something that is not a nice trip if you ask jonathan lowe who seems to yes. go to middlesbrough on a tuesday night most most years um he is not at his happiest when he has to do that. So, um, uh, so there's that. The football club, and we'd also potentially put a bit of money aside to buy some really good players as well. 
of our well, I choice. Notice, um, I notice you managed to squeeze in a mention of Shed again. Shed? Oh, yes. Yes, be, uh, yes. so I, I have mentioned Shed again, yes, but uh, there would be support for any independent businesses in Reading who are maybe struggling as a result, as a result of COVID stroke, the impending difficulties caused by COVID. Um, the Shed Big Cheese should be celebrated at all times. And therefore, if there is any danger of it going, they, there are things that the benevolent leaders would be able to do to ensure um, that the big cheese could continue in all its glory for the rest of, rest of time. Oh. Uh, Pops, get, get rid of all, all the money and give Reading the most sort of super road, super expensive road surfaces around. But I would to insist that those road surfaces stopped the second you left the uh, left the uh, the borough. So everyone in Wokingham and West Berkshire would look on enviously at our super smooth roads. <laughs> you get halfway along the A4 in either direction and then suddenly bang, pothole. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. And then so we can't blame us. <laughs> they didn't fix their potholes. Great. Well, uh, for anybody going, well, that was a lot of fantastical nonsense. Absolutely right. Absolutely right. You've got to think big. Go on, go on, Rach. Um, the bit um, along the river where Southern Electric is, mm. like revamp all of that. I never think they make enough of the river and put some really nice like bars and restaurants and things there looking out over the river. And then I'm, I think I might be pinching this off of the Facebook feed about this on this story, but somebody suggested um, like an indoor independent market. Um, you know, they've got one in Oxford uh, just off of the main high street there with loads of independent mm. retailers and um, grocers and butchers and everything you can mm. imagine. And I think something like that would be really cool because everybody's always saying, well, it's just like, you know, high street and same old, same old, same old national high street brands. We need independence. Yeah, give give them a a platform where they can um, all get some exposure. That would be brilliant. uh, I've been to the the Granger market in, uh, I think this is what you're thinking about, the Granger market in Newcastle. (laughs) Uh, it's fantastic. Got loads of little independents, all sorts of different stuff. Lots of you know, coffee. Uh, like you could buy your coffee beans, butchers, fish, mm. fresh stuff, all sorts of fresh stuff. Absolutely brilliant, but sort of semi-permanent, not just like a. Yeah, I mean, we've got them on a smaller scale, haven't we? Like yeah. with the Harris Arcade. Yeah. So what you do is perhaps link the Harris Arcade to the the other one that's yeah. by. So we'll get the tunnelling moles back out because they go <laughs> under Fry Street. There's more shops and units in the tunnel because it's really cool and urban, and then it pops up in the one next to M&S <laughs> where all the cool... Where I used to go and get all my like tie-dye clothes and incense and things oh, like God. that. <laughs> <laughs> and with that, um, that is the mm-hmm. end of part one. Uh, in part two, we'll be chatting to Katie and Andrew at Time Trap Escape Rooms. The Big Interview. Hi, everybody. I am with Andrew Ingle on Zoom. Hello, Andrew. 
Hello, how are you doing, Tom? Uh, not too bad, not too bad. Been a while since uh, we've we've seen each other. You are you are Mister. You are one half of of Time Trap Escape Rooms. Is that is, right. is that right? That's that, I've still got that right, haven't I? Yes, yeah, yeah. Myself and Katie. So I'm Mister Time Trap. She, she's Mrs. Time Trap. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Um, and obviously, <laughs> you, your your building in uh, is next to uh, Walkabout. For anybody that's not familiar with Time Trap Escape Rooms, there are a number of escape rooms in Reading these days, which is obviously. Good for good for, and I think we talked about this previously on a on a previous uh, podcast. But we we kind of I, I wanted to talk to you a little bit about because we obviously we've gone through we've gone through lockdown. There's there's several uh, there's several strands to this, and obviously as a business you've had to close as a and as a as a small business and also a business with a small premises that relies on people coming in. That's going to have affected you quite a lot. But also you have launched a new game. Um, which uh, will encourage people, hopefully, to get out and about and um, take a walk around Reading. So, should we should we leave the fun part to the end, talking about the new game, mm-hmm. and we'll just, if if we can, just briefly discuss um, kind of what's been going on for you guys? Because obviously, you were telling me just before we started, you've moved, you've taken this opportunity to move house as well, which seems, uh, if you didn't have enough to worry about, there's there's the there's the moving house as well. So, um, I guess sort of take us from the beginning i suppose what what did you do initially when when lockdown started was it sleepless nights and and concern or or, or did you have a plan yeah so um yeah i think in the run-up to i think was was lockdown i think lockdown for us was around the 20th of march um so obviously before that we'd seen sort of bookings fall off a cliff um <laughs> people are obviously asking for refunds um so yeah it was i think the actual run-up to lockdown was worse than when we actually shut down, because we almost we were almost waiting for the government to say right shut down. We were yeah. almost just waiting every day for that moment. So I think it was that situation that was worse than actually being in lockdown, because you had at least then a bit of certainty like we are closed, we can't open. Um, it, you know, it's out of our control. So um, yeah, and, and Katie was also very ill, not with um, COVID nineteen. Um, just before when it was all happening the week before lockdown. So um, usually we can sh- sort of share the burden, but it was, it was mostly on, on my shoulders there, which was even better. Um, but no, yeah, the, the lockdown was on the 20th of March. And then, um, yeah, we didn't have, obviously our main revenue stream is, is the venues, the bookings coming in. Um, and so that was all gone. And so what we did, we had a few projects coming in already. So one of them, I'll speak about it a bit later, um, but it's the Reading Fringe Festival. Um, we thought about creating our own online game. That's been quite a big thing for escape rooms, uh, Deadlocked in Reading. Uh, they've made some two great online games so far. Um, we nearly went down sort of the print and play at home routes, but it was just, it would take so much. We thought it would take a lot of uh, time and money from us to make that, and we we did the, the sums and they didn't add up. So in the end, we actually sold um, one of our friends' online games in Brighton uh, called The Bruce Project. So we managed to make a little bit of money from that. And then, yeah, we've, we've developed our outdoor game because once we saw that the, the government was sort of encouraging going outdoors, obviously, rather than indoors a lot more, obviously, the, the risk is a lot less outside. Um, we started thinking that's something we can do. Um, it's something that we're good at because we're not again we're not so good at the um 
the, the print and play online games because we don't have the, the skills um, for that, but we're quite good at physical games. So yeah. although it is outside, you're, you're using your physical environment to um, manipulate things. Because you, you, you ran a couple of uh, physical games around the town uh, in, in the pubs, if I remember rightly. We, in fact, we, we, did, we did one of them uh, on, a, on, a, on, I think it was a wet Sunday afternoon. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah, just just before Christmas, and uh, and that was that was really good fun. We got to go and see a few different pubs and stuff. We did have to stand in Yates's, which wasn't wasn't the best one because someone had obviously spilled some beer the night before, and it just <laughs> it smelled a little bit. But that was quite. I, you sort of you go into Yates's, you kind of expect that. So, but yeah, you 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 ran a couple of those as well. So, um, were they, were they successful? Was that sort of what encouraged you to to push on and and do this new one? Yes, yeah, so basically, yeah, that's, that's another thing we've actually been working on off the back of the 12 pubs of Christmas. I think it was really well, well received. Obviously, it was a free event for Reading. Um, so, it, it, you know, you could go for free, have a drink, do some puzzles, what's not to like. So, yeah, that was really, really, really well received. And off the back of that, we're now doing actually a second, not, not a 12 pubs of Christmas again, but uh, another puzzle trail, which will, again, um, focus on Reading's history. So, uh, it's going to look at different aspects of Reading's history. So you've got sort of, there's a puzzle based around the Reading Festival. We've got one based around Reading Football Club. I'm a big Reading Football Club fan. So that that was sort of uh, my input. And then you've got things like it, it's brewing history. Um, and yeah, it, it's focused on the Abbey as well. Marketplace, there's a lot of history around there. So yeah, we're actually, that's, that's an announcement we're putting out today is that, yeah, we are doing another puzzle trail. Right. And instead of, I know there was, it was a few queues last time because it was really hot. <laughs> we didn't expect that kind of demand. Um, so people will be pleased to hear there'll be two of each puzzle at, at each puzzle station. Yeah. So almost doubling, doubling the capacity there. Yeah, I think I think um, if I, if I remember rightly, the the one thing that that was a, a slight issue on that second that second because we didn't do the first one. I, I don't think that you had the same problem on the first one, did you? But on the second one, there were quite significant cues to complete the puzzle. So yeah, anyone who, who anyone who did get to all twelve pubs were, did did fantastically well, and uh, possibly more keen than we were. We were just more interested in drinking. I think but there we go. <laughs> so it was it was nice. It was a nice problem to have in that yeah. you are you are busy, but. Um, yeah, we, we we should have sort of foreseen that level of demand, and I think yeah, we're trying to put that right in the next one. So obviously, so so when you say you've you've had some some games and you've worked on projects, what what have you been working on during lockdown? Because obviously, you can't. I, I, I presume there's been perhaps some government help, some financial help in there. Perhaps you may tell me otherwise. Um, but obviously, you have no revenue coming in. So how have you? What have you done to kind of? mitigate that because lots of lots of businesses have sort of pivoted and done other things what have, what did you guys do yeah, yeah so the the government help was yeah that, that was pretty vital because we, we did get the grants we got business rates relief uh, we, we had to furlough our staff some of our staff um so without that we would have yeah I, yeah i don't know what we would have done um and then alongside that we me and katie have been working on quite a few things um so like i said the uh, um, the puzzle trail is one of them. A lot of design work for that. Um, we've done a bit of escape room consulting. So um, people who maybe are looking to set up their own escape rooms, we've done a little bit of, of, of that, which is which is good. And that's an area we'll sort of go into a bit more and to try and diversify um, our offering. And then thirdly, um, well, thirdly and fourthly, it, 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 uh, we've got the Reading Fringe Festival. Um, so the 
we were approached, we actually started off, sorry, at the Reading Fringe Festival in 2016. That was how we sort of got off the ground. That was our first gig. So it was, it, we've always maintained quite a good relationship with, with the Fringe. Um, and this year we're actually creating, um, not not ourselves, but we're, we're part of a group that are creating a, a product, which is uh, basically uh, an online game. I told you about that earlier. Yeah. We were doing the puzzle de- development of the online game um to basically it's for children in helping to um help with climate anxiety so it's a game where we're trying to educate children about about the climate about what what everyone can do to do their part to you know try and try and you know stop stop climate change um but yeah that's that's been a really good project to to get involved in because we've done a similar sort of things before so I, the divide was a, a game we created mm. in 20 when was that now? 2017? <laughs> Gosh. Um, yeah, that's 2017, which was focused on uh, uh, preventing homelessness and uh, trying to balance the social divide. So that was a socially conscious game. So it's quite nice to go back to that again in a different way, of course. But um, yeah, it's something we know sort of how to do a little bit. And it's not been done much in escape room terms. But yeah, we're, we're doing that again. So that's been uh, one of our main projects as well, is, is, is that the, the Reading Fringe um, uh, the online game which should be released in the next sort of couple of weeks great where, where will people be able to get is that on your website i presume um so we we probably will put a link on our website but it's it's accessed through through the fringe website so uh the running fringe is on right now so it's it's all gone online um so obviously usually you'd be sitting in a in a in a theater or a, a venue watching watching the fringe shows but obviously that's all gone online this year so you can go to their website and sign up to access there's a lot of free content some of it's paid but most of it's free um so yeah if people want to do that i've been checking out some of the shows they've been really good and then yeah our our part in that should come alive in the next couple of weeks oh great okay well okay so tell me we said we talk about the fun stuff let's let's talk about getting out and about in reading then tell tell me about it's it's professor pooch's i've I've struggled over this in the podcast (laughs) main i had to look it up a couple of times it's talk talk me through it What, what are we doing yeah, so Professor Pooch's adventure. Um, yeah. So, it's Professor Pooch is one of our two sort of characters at Time Trap. So we've got Professor Potch, who is the man who's created Time Trap. He's the inventor of time travel. He's created our time warps, and then Professor Pooch is obviously his little little sidekick. So, yeah. um, in this one, Professor Pooch takes the the main stage, and um, they've set the little Pooch has set a, a, a mission, an adventure for the people who want to complete this to go around, walk around Radding and complete some puzzles. So uh, you have to find the names of prof- 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 sorry, Professor Pooch's, <laughs> it's hard for me to say as well, <laughs> Professor Pooch's uh, eight, eight robust pals. So um, you basically, it's a 1.8 mile walk you have to be prepared for. So it's not, not too long, but it's quite a nice, quite a nice distance. It takes about two hours and you go around different sort of landmarks and places in Radding. Um, and we've used sort of the, buildings and statues yeah. and plaques um to basically integrate puzzles into them so it's a yes yeah, it's, it's a bit different to what we, we usually do but it's it's been really well received by the tests we've had so far um and we've had teams that have done sort of a few escape rooms uh, teams that have done you know over 50 and they've everyone's enjoyed it so far so it's it's a family friendly game but it, it can be, be completed by families or if you're you know a bunch of adults as well then we've had a few questions is, is it for adults as well it definitely is um and so yeah it's just it's just a really nice light-hearted light-hearted bit of fun um and we, we we try to 
integrate again what we do is we send people back in time at our yeah. venue we wanted to integrate some of the history of reading and, and a lot of the feedback we've had is that people have walked past things a lot but they've never actually looked at them and this this puzzle trail not puzzle trail this outdoor game um actually got them looking at things and actually thinking yeah. about things and, and the history of reading a bit more and it, when when does this start for the for the general public? When does the when does the game go go live? As they, as we say, as they say, I don't know. <laughs> so we we um we we are open for pre orders now, <clears throat> and we sent sent the final artwork off to print yesterday, uh, so that will be going out in about a week's time. So uh, it's it's releasing on the first of August, so people will be starting to get their their copies because what you get is a, a little booklet. Um, with all the information you need in um so people will be receiving that in the post in about a week's time fantastic am i right in thinking there's a donation to um to the four brigardens as well yes yes um so yeah so we were obviously looking to release this a while ago we didn't and obviously the, the horrible um uh four brigardens incident happened and we we didn't feel it was right and it wasn't even possible to use the coins to, to release it at that time and we did Four Big Gardens is, is featured in, in this in this game. We did think about taking it out, but we it just it, it didn't feel right to do that because Four Big Gardens is one of the best spaces in Reading. It needs to be enjoyed, and we can't let um, you know events um, taint that at all. Um, so yeah, we've we've gone ahead and we've kept it in in the game, and but we did want to sort of do something for the families and friends of of, of the victims of the. Before we go on the tax, so yeah, we're, we're donating twenty percent of, of the pre-orders to um, to the memorial fund. Um, so hopefully, we've raised over fifty pounds already. So hopefully, we right. we'll be able to get a bit more for that. Uh, Andrew, thanks ever so much for joining us on the podcast today. Um, I have no doubt we will speak uh, very soon. Yes, no, definitely. Yeah, thank, thanks for having, thanks for having us on. The Big Interview. That was Andrew at Time Trap Escape Rooms telling us all about their new outdoor uh, outdoor explorer game, Professor Pooch's Adventure. There we go. So, um, That's very sweet. It does. I'm, I'm, I'm very excited about it. Um, I think, I think, as I say, I think we, I think uh, as a group, as a family group, I think we might well give it a go. Good, good excuse to get out and enjoy the fresh air, especially as the, uh, as the weather keeps going. And that actually launches, um, I believe it launches on the 1st of August. So that will be, that'll be good. Um, okay. So uh, it's a random question time. The random question. Uh, I have the mug as we discover week in week out because we are not together um, and this week's random question is Rachel I think this is one that you uh, that you came up with um, we've got to be a bit more resourceful about holidays this year so what would you do if you were to holiday in Reading I think camping I think you've got a camp <laughs> Somewhere out on one of the one yeah. of the big one of the big farmers' fields, out towards. Uh, it, 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 but what, I guess what, what would you do? What, where would you? You know, it's, it, I suppose you go to you could go to Legoland, couldn't you? But that's not really in Reading. What what would you do? Well, 
Do you know what? I think you could probably, I mean, I'm not sure that Reading would be people's first choice of a holiday break. <laughs> well, um, I'm, I'm quite aware that this but, might lead to the creation of a Reading tourist board and a new website called Visit Reading. But, um, I'm just creating those new jobs yeah, again. Yep, just, just oh, it's all, you're all, yep. about, it's all about new jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I think if, if, if by some crazy chance somebody did decide to book a week's holiday in Reading, <laughs> just, and not because they were either visiting people they know or because they're on a boating holiday and passing through, but they actually chose to come to Reading, I reckon you could probably fill a week with things to do. You could spend a day at the centre with the, the museum and the abbey. Yeah. And the Merle um, Museum of English Rural Life, um, Forbury Gardens, have a walk along the river. Um, and then there's things like kind of just outside of Reading, like Beale Park. Yep. Um, there's a few nice National Trust places around, of which we were previously very frequent visitors prior to... Covid, um, Grey's Court, Basildon, the Vine on the way to Basingstoke. Um, you go to the cinema. I am running out. So I feel about yeah, yeah, days. It's just gently, uh, gently fading out. Um, uh, you could, yeah. I mean, the, the the historical aspect of it is is quite strong. Um, I wonder. I wonder if we could. Um, so I know we've talked about previously about civil war. Um, the, the civil war that when it was uh, the, the the English civil war when it was in and around Reading, I wonder if we could set up a theme park based around <gasps> civil war uh, in the oh, area well, and, and civil war reenactments and stuff and learning like and have a big roller coaster through a uh, you know you've been an ups, up, upside down cavalier's helmet or something like that. I'd, <laughs> or uh, I'm sure there are groups that do that. Yeah. yeah, I'm sure there's groups that do things like that already, isn't there? If oh, you look hard may, enough, there may well know. be. This, I think this is as fantastical as uh, my idea to paint the IDR, which has still not got off the ground. Dinton Pastures, go there. there. Go. Any thoughts to add to this, Hugh? Rachel covered it pretty well, actually. Yeah, of course she did. Do if you were on holiday in Reading, I what I would struggle if I slightly if I was thinking on about coming on holiday to Reading is where I would stay in Reading. Where would you? Because well, would you stay at the hotel in Friar Street? Um, you stay at the Medeski Hotel. You might stay at the Medeski yeah. Hotel. That's quite. And then Medeski. you could, in normal times, Crown maybe go Plaza, in the river. Crown Plaza, yeah. There's a few bed and breakfasts. Maybe find a nice bed and breakfast in, in Cavisham somewhere near the river. Um, I feel like um, staying in the, right in the middle of the town centre might not be the most relaxing holiday experience. <laughs> Spilling out onto Friday, onto Friday Street at 11 o'clock on a Friday might not be... Yeah. Uh, that, that interesting for you, but there's plenty, certainly plenty to do. And the, the, the river would definitely keep you in, entertained yes. for a, for a good bit. And you could go to certainly go to the abbey and um, and things like that. And uh, and if you know, have a day out in London. Very easy access to London from Reading, as we know. Um, Henley, Henley, Oxford, Oxford, all the places mm. are Reading. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> well. 
I think that's quite. I, it's I, good. So what we've learned, it's a good base. Yes. <laughs> it's a good base. Yeah. It's certainly cheaper than staying in London. Yes, absolutely. I, I, I would camp, possibly maybe on the Reading Festival site for the for the Reading Festival experience, and maybe only I'm hot not dogs. Not sure you're burger. allowed to just set up <laughs> your possibly, tent on the farmer's land. <laughs> <laughs> Easy access to the gym. Yes. So, and the anyway. pool. Uh, thanks, I think guys. Concluded, yeah. Indeed. If uh, anybody has any better suggestions, um, please do get in touch with us. Um, here's our mate Jeremy with how you can get in touch. Get in touch with the team. Email hello at realreadingpodcast.co.uk. Find us on Twitter and Instagram at realreadingpod, and join our Facebook group by searching Real Reading Podcast. Uh, that's quite enough for this week um, as we hover nervously above a century. As, as Hugh will know, it's a dangerous time for a batsman being on 99, isn't it, Hugh? I've heard this, yes, from people who have reached, <laughs> reached that heady total of runs in one innings rather than over the course of a season like me. Um, although I scored 45 in our game on Sunday, which is one of Ooh. my best ever scores. So, playing the kids. Ha ha ha, I've heard all these before. That's oh, very good. Okay. Yes. Yes. Really playing the blind team. Ah. <laughs> how how did John how did uh, Reading FC reporter Jonathan Lowe do? He's not there. He uh, oh. was I was playing and he I presume he might have been watching Re- Reading at the time. Oh, did you play on Saturday so, or Sunday? I played on Saturday and Sunday, yes, oh, which okay. was why I've just only just regained the power of the use of my legs. <laughs> so yes, so. it's a it's a nervous time on ninety nine. Will we uh, hit that century who knows find out next week uh, i hope we will yeah i hope so um <laughs> we might have some special things planned we might not just depends, depends on various other workloads yes our actual jobs i'm not going to say anything out loud i do have some ideas festering around in my head that i might uncover but we shall uh, we shall see see how the see how you, you can do uh, my my 100 top explaining it from the past and just just put them all in one <laughs> podcast one after the other what about that, that, would, that um, right? uh, uh, yeah great idea yes um go, go. why are you shaking your heads that like that uh, yeah. <laughs> listeners will put a poll up no we won't um okay no. that is quite wow. enough for this week we are still looking for people to speak to we've got some good guests lined up we're going to be talking to the um, museum of english rural life in the next couple of weeks we are going to be speaking to um a lady that makes nice prints of reading um some some lovely artwork uh, and there's a couple more besides all of that so look forward to those um, but if you do have any suggestions please do get in touch with us and if you have a moment please give us a rating and a review on your podcast app uh, we'll be back next week to hopefully hit that hundred um, maybe go for a six over the boundary if we're going to continue that cricket metaphor mm-hmm. um, in the meantime bye bye, bye. You're listening to The Real Reading Podcast.